Let's do this. Three, two. everyone welcome this is the legion of myth weekly live stream that's right your reason for being for existing for daring to cling to that tattered clutches of what's left of your life is here my friends everything's going to be great and i'm going to tell you why because i garthon that went out quickly am here as with me as usual are my wonderful co-hosts brett heathen Grisper, and rick elgarian hart Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. I'll that do was my best story. Your man. <laughs> hey, the word the duck yes. down. I get a hundred dollar bill. Everything going good, guys? Pretty good. Can't complain. Yeah, not bad. Been a good week. Good week. That is excellent to hear. My week was pretty spiffy. I can't complain. Good. Good. I feel bad now. I didn't ask. I just said how good I was and didn't return the favor. And well, ask. Like, as like the main coast who try to try to make things move along, no one's supposed to ask me. I'm supposed to just say things. Yeah. Huh. Plus, it's, you know, we, we, we might you might answer and then we're in trouble. Yeah, that's true. Mm. It's my job to be verbose to get the conversation moving along, and uh, I don't know to try and annoy people. I guess. Buy my breakfast cereal. <laughs> Alright, uh, today we got some good fun coming up. We got Elgarian's Bargain Bin Gaming Update. It's been a while since Elgarian's given us one of those, so I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, we then have Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma, Shadowrun Extravaganza of Excitement featuring Cyberware. Garthon's Comic Bowl, three big books, then the RNG. Sounds like we got stuff working today. Bargain Bin. Bargain Bin. He, he, plays, he plays Shroud of the Avatar. That's the opposite of Bargain Bin. It's like uh -huh. top shelf. I have to play bargain bin games since I did so much money with Shroud. He said it before I could. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I'm always looking for a deal on game. That's why I buy so many used games. I mean, when you're talking about right now, PS3 games and, and Xbox 360 games are just super cheap. Really good games are just super duper cheap for those systems. So, uh, piece of advice. Buy them before they get expensive. Anyway, let us move on. I think we're all excited. It's been a fun week. Uh, it's been a nice, unhectic, slow, stable week in American politics. Nothing going on there, so not worth talking about. Instead, we're going to talk whatever it was to talk The disclaimer. The opinions expressed in this video are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and not representative of the entire vast, powerful Legion of Myth organization. We are international, my friends. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere where we hug puppies and cuddle kittens, there may be the occasions of foul or offensive language that would make your grandmother blush. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. And if not blush, at least disapprove. Uh, you can check us out on the internet, which you probably are right now, uh, at leechofit.tv, 
or AliciaSmith.com, where we can watch our videos. You can leave comments and engage in our community via the forums. Uh, YouTube.com slash Leah slash Myth underscore page for all of our Legion of Myth stuff. Go to YouTube, look at Legion of Myth. Subscribe to Legion of Myth. We have lots of videos coming all the time. Uh, a lot of great content coming there. I've really been enjoying... Jeez. Uh, I really love Heathen Dog's Star Trek online updates. Uh, the Adventures of Fast McCool have been highly entertaining. Uh, and also, recently, Max Leo's streams of... Uh, what is that game? Urban recently? Empire. Urban Empire have really been fun for me. I've really liked that. And you can also check us out on Twitch TV, where we are doing this stuff right now. Twitch TV slash Legion of Myth, where you can check us out live. Especially for the live stream, which is coming on right now. If you want to check it out live and engage with us, it's 8 Central, 9 Eastern, Saturday nights. Facebook, Messenger, Twitters, we got it all. Check us out. So now, in Elgarian's Bargain Bay Gaming Update, I give you, my friends, that thing which you desire, Elgarian. Alrighty. Well, maybe from previous shows, uh, you might have heard us mention uh, that Elgarian, me, uh, scraped together some dough. I don't know how I did it with considering Shadow of the Avatar. Uh, and bought a new computer. Well, with that we new are, computer... We are all a little envious of your computer, just to let you know. <laughs> well, uh, it, it's going to make me switch from Mac to Windows. And with that means that all the games that I'm halfway done with, I'm racing to finish so I don't have to worry about save game files. <laughs> so I've really been putting Shroud kind of off to the side a little bit. I'm trying to finish up these other games I started on um, on Steam, and uh, one of them is Shadowrun Returns. Excellent game. Yeah, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, and from previous shows, if you guys are interested about learning the ins and outs of Shadowrun uh, history, lore, and of course the role playing game itself, uh, tabletop role playing game. Uh, look for some of our past episodes because Heathen Dog goes into extensive study on many of the Shadowrun concepts. And we'll continue to tonight. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, wait a minute. I see here on this on this on the slide. I think I'm I think I'm having a stroke because it says two dollars. <laughs> yes. So most definitely, uh, like right now, I was actually surprised to see that it's actually selling for fifteen dollars. Um, Keep in mind, this game originally, uh, when it launched, it came out for not only uh, OS X and Windows, it also came out for Android and iOS. So you know that the games there are considerably cheaper typically. Uh, So you do have that option to play on your uh, iPhone, iPad, that kind of stuff. But yes, do not pay the full Steam price of $15 for this game. Wait for Christmas or New Year's or one of their uh, Labor Day sales. sales. Summer sales coming. And the Shadowrun games are deeply discounted uh, during those sales. And you can often buy all of them in a bundle, which actually uh, exaggerates that discount quite a bit. And that is not to say that uh, they are not worth $15. I think they are uh, great games. Well, this is a great game. I haven't played the next ones yet. But, uh, you know, why not save a little dough? Um. I hate to should have noticed it. The uh, it's still by Hairbrained Schemes. You actually spelled hairbrained wrong. It's supposed to be H A R E brained. In case anyone's looking it up. Like the rabbit. Like the rabbit. The rabbit. What's hairbrained? Nah. <laughs> you said the magic word. Duck falls down. You get a hundred dollars. Quack quack. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so anyway, um, 
you're going to learn a lot more about cyberpunk if you haven't tuned in to any of the previous episodes from Heathen Dog here shortly. But uh, cyber cyberpunk's like a concept of kind of futuristic sci-fi with a mix of magic. And it's a very dark kind of a post-apocalyptic concept typically. And um, well, this game is a turn-based tactical RPG. Uh, yes, as uh, mentioned, it's developed by Hairbrain Schemes, and it was a crowdfunded game uh, released back in 2013. Ah, it's that old already. Man, time flies. Yes, it does. So here's some of the pros that I liked about the game. Uh, the graphics uh, they were just fantastic uh, cyberpunk visuals. Um, every it, scene you went... Oh, go ahead. I would say, if I recall, it's an isometric view, right? Yes, absolutely. So for... Uh, those of you who don't know, that means you're always kind of staring down at the screen at one particular angle, like, uh, for instance, Diablo. But, um, yeah, the uh, the graphics are uh, quite nice. Uh, I got to say that uh, they're immersive, and it's kind of strange that the game is relatively short, and I'll get to that in the cons here shortly. But for such a short game, they spent a lot of time making a lot of varied visuals to give uh, each scene a very unique feel. I was pretty impressed with it. Mm, very cool. Yeah, so uh, the storyline. Uh, so basically, story is all text. There's no voice acting. And I actually, I had to think about that because the story was so intriguing, and I caught myself reading every single word of every single conversation because uh, it was truly like a, a, a visual novel. Um, that I had to think back, like do a double take. I'm like, whoa, was there voice acting? No, there wasn't. It was just that that in, in, enthralling. Really enjoyed it. And uh, of course, there are intriguing game mechanics, and I'll mention two of them in particular. So if you have one of your characters as a mage, for instance, uh, when it's that character's turn, ley lines will appear all over the battle scene. So if you position your mage on a ley line and they have different strengths, you can increase the power of your mage depending on where they are in combat. But where that ley line is may not be the optimal location for them strategically, uh, such as it might not be in a defensive position and it may expose them to enemy fire. So there's, so there's some uh, trade-offs you have to consider when uh, positioning your mage on a ley line. Then, of course, there's the Matrix. I don't really uh, uh, know how old the Shadowrun RPG is. Is it older than Matrix the movies? Much older. Okay, good. So they made it up first. So really, if you enjoyed the Matrix movies, that's essentially what's happening here. You're jacking into a alternate uh, computer reality. And if you have a character who's a Decker, uh, they are capable of doing that and going into a, a, another uh, a computer animated world, kind of like Tron. And it's uh, interesting because you can have combat sequences that are dependent on what's happening in the matrix with your other characters. So as you have one or two of your characters running around the matrix trying to accomplish something, in the same combat suite sequence, it instantly transfers to the in real world combat and back and forth, back and forth, depending on which character's turn it is. And you try to line up what you're doing in combat and maybe possibly unlocking a door through the matrix uh, or, uh, you know, enabling an elevator, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. And the, there, there was another game mechanic that I, I thought was really great that I don't, I don't see in a lot of games is the cover mechanic, where if, if, you, if you kneel behind a desk, you get some cover. You know, it's harder to hit you. Yes, that uh, actually, you know, was kind of cool, too, is because you would have 
low, medium, and high amounts of cover, uh, depending on what you're hiding behind. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're hiding behind a potted plant, sure, they can't see you, but they can just shoot through the potted plant. Then you're hiding behind a metal desk fighting back. Well, half of you is is in hard cover. So only 50% of your body or less is actually able to be shot. And then you're behind a wall, which is 100% cover. They can't shoot you, but you can't shoot them either. So I, I thought that was cool. And there, actually, there was another mechanic too. Like if you, like my character is actually a Decker rigger and my rigger had a drone and there was these little air ducts and little small passages that if you had a drone in your party, uh, they could gain access to these ducks to possibly gain a tactical advantage. Though I got to say, and I'll get more into that in the cons, I never found it tactically advantageous to do so. But the concept was neat. And I got to say that if they f further develop it, it could, uh, maybe they do for the next release of the game, which is, uh, oh, Hong Kong, something, something. Uh, there, there's like two other games, I think. I know there's and Hong there's, Kong. Is there like a, uh, dragon something? I don't remember. Dragonfall. Dragonfall, that's it. There you go. Yeah, and then there's an expansion. Uh, say I'm pulling it up now. No, all that's all that's on the link I provided. Oh, bad yeah. chat. Excellent, thank you. All right, on to the cons. Ah, uh, we don't need cons, do we? Yes. <laughs> they're, keep... they're, they're always, you know, bad. <laughs> Fair and balanced here, people. Fair yep. and balanced. So keep in mind, I, I enjoyed the game. So these cons uh, will actually be complete turnoffs for certain types of players, however. See me, I was very much into the story. The story very much intrigued me. But if you're the kind of player that when you're playing a video game, you just click like an RPG and you just click past the, past the quest and you never read them ever, no matter how well they're written, uh, this will not be the game for you. Because I, in my absolute opinion, uh, I, I, that is the game, the story. The story is phenomenal. And uh, it's a page turner, but uh, the gameplay I found very simplistic. Uh, the strategy, uh, I, I highly recommend, I played it on a medium difficulty level. I recommend playing it on a higher difficulty setting because at medium, it was incredibly easy. Um, I found very uh, uh, little uh, trouble keeping my characters healed up to full strength at all times. Um, and I got to say that uh, the encounters uh, were not all that difficult, and I'll get more into the AI later. So the well, game, yeah, the, the, only, the only time, the, the only time one of my characters died is when uh, um, he summoned a, a, a spirit that I wasn't looking and was too powerful, and he lost control, and the spirit killed him. Oh yeah, yeah, but that was just me being stupid. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you well, played through it too. Oh yeah, I played it years ago. Man, yeah. I feel left out. You are. This thing's four years old, man. Come on. Well, I think it, I think I actually own it. I just haven't played it yet. I, I didn't finish Dragonfall, but I finished Returns. So uh, one other con too is that the game's pretty darn short. In fact, I felt like there was really no time to to feel like I fully upgraded my character. And in fact, there was sometimes I was making upgrades that they seemed inconsequential. Um, because it's because the combat was always so easy, and I was like, "Oh, I get to upgrade," but it's already easy, so hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely upgrade the difficulty setting. But with the shortness of the game, 
upgrading your characters, it's just like, okay, or a character, I should say, because you only uh, upgrade one and then the rest of your characters are mercs. But um, yeah, definitely if you want to get to a max level capability character, specialize, 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 because if you spread yourself out too thin, you're probably going to only get up to about midstream, mid power for your character by the time the game ends, that is. Oh, yeah, but if you want hard mode, play as a physical adept because you got to get close to everybody to punch them in the face. I mean, sure, your, your, your punches do really good damage, but now everyone's shooting you, like, point blank. Hurts. Yeah, that's true. You wouldn't be behind cover hardly ever. Man, that would suck. So uh, com combat was relatively uh, repetitious. Every now and then there would be a, a new creature type that would have an interesting AI, especially towards the end when you're, uh, no spoilers here, get to up to uh, some of the... Uh, the end type monsters you will be encountering that are very intrinsic to the storyline. But um, with the combat being relatively repetitious, since the game is so short, it's not that bad because by the time you're at the end, you're like, oh, you know, that the combat was repetitious, but I didn't have to put up with it for very long. So not too bad. Uh, the AI, nothing spectacular. I noticed sometimes the enemies would reposition themselves uh, nonsensically. And I was like, okay, they wasted an entire round sometimes when they could have just up and shot me. Uh, they were very forgiving, I got to say. Uh, and where the heck was the loot? Uh, I bet you in the entire game I maybe looted 25, 30 items tops. It's, uh, it made the scenes, which were already very non-interactive, because you'll know what you can interact with right when you walk in, because they have a little symbol over everything you can touch. And it's not very many things in every scene. It's a very static, mind you, visually appealing scene. It's just uh, very non-interactive and not much to pick up and add to your inventory. At most, you're going to get like a first aid kit, stuff like that. You're never going to be picking up weapons and fun stuff. Well, people don't leave those lying around, you know. Yeah, but I'm constantly shooting people that are equipped with them, you know? Yeah, I would think that if someone shoot you with a really cool gun, it'd be nice to take it. It would be nice. So, uh, and then, well, one thing that was somewhat frustrating is there's a lingering combat mode. So, uh, it would have been nice that after I ended a combat round, and maybe three or four maps away, I'm going to be entering combat again but it still forced me into a combat mode where I had to take turns moving my guys across all these different scenes to finally get to the next combat session. That was a little annoying. Probably would have been even more annoying if the game was longer, but uh, the storyline kept me going and it was uh, interesting enough to keep playing. Cool. Yeah, that, that whole combat mode thing is, uh, for, for, for some reason, the way the mechanic works, if there's an enemy on the map, then you're still in combat, even if he's like three rooms away. I don't, yeah. I don't know why that works, but yeah, that's the way it does. does. Have you played the later iterations of the game? I played uh, half, halfway through Dragonfall, and, the, and the, the, the mechanics are very similar. Oh, okay, so they didn't get rid of that. I was hoping that they might fix that one issue. No, it's, it's just another story. A little longer, even. Oh, you good. Okay, uh, yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah. So overall, I uh, highly recommend it to uh, role players and people who are really interested in cyberpunk stories. Uh, and if you are uh, more interested in the strategy concept of the game, it may, be, it may turn out to be a little bit of a letdown. Um, so I do not recommend it to those type of players that are looking for an amazing strategic experience. Well, no, but I mean, story, if, if, uh, if, if you play on hard, 
and you play a physical adept, you're going to die a couple times at the beginning. So it's it, like I said, it's a completely different play style that puts you in danger constantly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, up that up that difficulty but, level, and you may have a different experience. Well, that also sounds like if you want to play the game and make it hard on yourself, it can be difficult. You know. <laughs> oh no! Well, no, the thing is, uh, uh, if one, once you get past the middle of the road, uh, physical adept, he's a god. I mean, he's going like three times in in one round for nothing. You, you punch someone, their head explodes, stuff like that. It's it's all fist and north star action. Once you once you level him up enough, but getting him there is a is slow process and very dangerous. Since of course you know you got to put yourself in gunfire a lot. But once you get there, whoo hoo! It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I guess another strategy, if you were just after it for the story, uh, put it on the absolute simplest difficulty level and uh, go to town. And finish it up as fast as possible just to get to the story. Well, I'm not going to name names, but we all know someone who prefers to play games on easy just to see the storyline. <laughs> oh, yeah? I won't say who it is. Okay. Hey, so, uh, but, by the way, Elgarian finished a game. Which is this, amazing. It is. It doesn't hey. happen very often. So, applause. Hey, good job. He's yeah. opened an accomplishment. <laughs> yes, an achievement. And you even gave it a three-star rating. I did. Do you like my stars? They're yeah, the color yeah. of Legion of Myth. I do. Those are nice. beautiful stars. So uh, uh, why did you take away those two stars? Uh, for the cons, uh, pure and simple. Um, overall, I enjoyed the game, uh, but it could have been so much better. It could have been a, a more well-rounded experience if the strategy and the, uh, uh, the strategy was more intriguing. Okay, that's fair. All right, well, thank you very much, Elgarian, for that. Uh, that really makes me want to go in and play this dang game, actually. Since, you know, it won't be burning my brain too hard. It definitely sounds like something I need to get done. Uh, so, uh, in the future, are you going to have any more of your bargain updates? Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. And also your regular Shroud of the Avatar updates as they come out when new information has to that. Thank you very much. You bet. All right, next up, ladies and gentlemen, it's coming for you. Don't try to run, just accept it. You can't try to con stop it, it's only trying to contain it within your brains. And that is Heathen Dog, Shadowrun Extravaganza of Excitement, based on 1st and 2nd edition Shadowrun rules. Yes, that's very important because 4th and 5th edition have completely different mechanics. So I'm trying to steer clear of those mechanics. I'm just, but they have the same overall uh, feel of the world and uh, uh, the same overall cyberware, bioware, and and uh, matrix ideas, magic ideas. They all kept that the same. So I'm able to not buy all these new books. So that was cool. Yes, which is nice. Today we're going to talk about cyberware, which is very, very important to the to the uh, uh, initial player, the the person who just comes in. They they want to load up, load up. Just chrome me up, just whatever, whatever it is, pump it in my body. I want it. Great, you can have it. Uh, their uh, cyberware comes in comes in two different varieties: bodywear and headwear. Bodywear is what you think. I mean, you know, I'll make you stronger, I'll make you faster. I'm gonna, you can see in the dark, you can see heat signatures, you you can hear dog whistles, you can you can replace your legs with with hydraulic uh, presses that you can jump small buildings in a single bound. You can do all that. It's great. Uh, the the headwear is uh, is uh, um, stuff that jacks directly in your brain. You can actually uh, have a skill on a, on a mini thumb drive 
plug it in the back of your head and now you know that skill and you can you can use it as if it was your own it's great i love it that sounds very convenient that would come in handy i know right no no i don't speak mandarin hang on a second now i do now i do yay it's great but uh what what i did was i i always uh Exactly. In in uh in, in my character, even if I was a samurai or even even a mage, uh, I would I would eventually get uh, a, a data jack, which is which is what the what that is. It plugs in the back of your brain at rank one, because the 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 effect of not knowing a skill at all means you have you have to base off of your stat and there's horrible minuses. You lose dice. It's crap. So as long as you have at least rank one, you don't get any of those minuses. So I'll just oh crap. I don't know how to I don't know how to hack a computer or no no hack a hack a door mechanism well i got that at rank one right here pop it in all right now i now i got a shot i got a shot at this you know stuff like that yeah but i'm speaking of that if you want to be if you want to be a, a secret decker you can now normally if you're a decker you have to carry around your your cyber terminal your deck and it's about the size of a of an, of an electronic keyboard a little, a little, a little bit smaller uh but uh, starting at second edition you can get a deck in your head called a cranial deck or or a, or a C2 deck, and it's all the all the utility of a of a regular deck just shrunk down in size and plugged into your brain. You get a little internal memory added to that to to hold your programs, your combat programs, your healing programs, your infiltration programs, and a data jack to to jack into a, to plug yourself into a system. And boom, you are a portable decker, and no one has to know you're a decker because they they can't see your deck. Aren't there some trade-offs for that? Like it's weaker or slower or well, something? Well, no, it's super expensive. I mean, miniaturizing anything jacks the price crazy. Right. That's the main the main drawback. I mean, if you have money, you can make anything rock. I mean, uh, for for example, like uh, if you spend five thousand on a on a five thousand dollars on a desktop, it's going to be crazy to get a laptop with the exact same power. You're going to spend a lot more. It's the same thing here. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. And and we're gonna go on to the limits of chroming yourself out. Why are there limits? That's lame. Well, because I know because they they didn't want everyone walking around like uh, um, you know, guns guns popping out of their chest like uh like Giver or something, you know, just blowing down cities and stuff. As long as you have enough money. Well, you gotta think every you, character. It, it does make sense. Kind of role playing wise, even if people have a prosthetic limb, it's very hard to sometimes gestalt that to think of as part of you, you know. I mean, even uh, there are cases where someone would get like, especially like the old days with the older prosthetic limbs, like uh, a black guy would get an artificial leg and it's white and it's you know painted pink, you know, for a white guy, and it never feels right. It you know, and it's it's a mental block you can't get over. So just imagine having a big stick of metal sticking out of your leg you know well the uh they, they get around that that psychological idea the that's also encompassed in the uh the essence attribute now you're you're paying this essence when you when you get an artificial thing put in your body and now it is part of you you know you, uh, if you get an artificial arm you, you actually do have sensation in it Right. You can feel hot and cold. You can do also. It's not as great as your real limb, but it's still there. So, so getting over that whole hump of oh my god, it's not real, is a lot easier because the technology is much more advanced. Yes. Now, yeah. Every every character of of any race has a, a playable race has an essence rating of six. 
every piece of gear you put in your body takes away from this number. You know, and I'm actually going to get into examples in uh, a little later. But uh, this number is very important because uh, once you hit zero, you die. That's it. Your soul cannot hold on to your body, and it just lets go. And you, and you die on the table. Oh, sad. So it's important to do the math. Very important to do the math. The, 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 the player character is responsible for his essence rating. What if yeah. a girl named Trinity kisses you? Do you come back? No. Oh. No. Nope. Why not? No. Nope. Stupid. That's the way it goes, man. I mean, th this. Well, that, uh, that only uh, happens when you're hard world. That's only when you're in the matrix. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 yeah okay. If your matrix self dies, and someone someone kisses your your real body, I'm sure that because the matrix movie exists, you're going to get a role. It's going to be a fantastical target number, but I'm sure a game master will give you a role. Sure. I would hope not? so. But for everyone else in every other in every other situation, no, you dead son. That's it. So uh, you're thinking, okay, well, I want to make a street samurai. Uh, how do I go about doing that? Well, take a look. Sammy the samurai. Oh, His starting Sammy. essence is six. I know. Yes, and he's got he's got he's flush with money. He he was a former gang member. He actually uh, is the only surviving member of his gang, and. Uh, Everyone else is dead. The, the 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 people they were selling this this giant boatload of, of drugs to, they all died too. And he's left with all the drugs and all the money. So he sells the drugs to somebody else. Now he's got all the money times two. So he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna branch out. I'm tired of being a dumb punk. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna cyber myself up. I'm gonna chrome up, and I'm gonna become a merc. All right. Well, this is how you do it, Sammy. First, you get your eyes replaced. They poke out your eyes. Put in put in mechanical eyes. They they can look exactly like your normal eyes. They could be any color you want, or or they, they can be like domes, or they could be bug eyes, or whatever you want. What what whatever whatever floats your boat. I always like the uh, the classic chrome look. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that is a classic street samurai look, where where your eyes are replaced with just uh, chrome, shiny chrome uh, um, circles, basically. Yeah, people like do that. it all the time. Now, it, yeah, to, to get your eyes fully replaced, it costs 0.6 essence. But you can get another 0.5 essence cost of upgrades to that eye for free since you're replacing the hole anyway. So well, that 0.5 is flare compensation, low, uh, low light vision, and thermographic vision. Fla flare compensation is very important because uh, a, a good, a real tactic of cops and corporations is to use flashbangs to, to try and, and suppress you, slow you down. That's very true. Yeah, and they, they use flashbangs. It's a it's a combination of a of a uh, uh, giant giant flash of light and a of uh, a, a, a giant sound sound force hitting hitting your ear and rupturing your eardrum. Well, you're still gonna have that ruptured eardrum, but you'll be able to see just fine. And in a fight, especially a firefight, seeing's pretty important. So he decided to go that way. So now his essence is five point four, still fine, basically great, but. He's not as tough as he's not as like physically tough as he wants to be. So he gets dermal plating. Dermal plating is a ceramic and metal mesh implanted underneath your skin, in between your skin and your muscle. Now this is very obvious, but it, it gives you it gives you a, basically a kind of armor. It bulks you up. You know you're 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 able to take more damage to just to soak it up because it's hitting these plates first. So he gets level two. Because he just wants to be tough, tough. So, so now his essence is 4.4. 4. 
And it okay. makes you look cool too, you know. Well, it, 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 to a certain crowd. I mean, you know, school moms probably won't think you look cool. They won't think, think you look like a Frankenstein freak. But, you know, other people, yeah, they're, they're going to want to be next to you because you've been cool. Now, smart gun link. This is very important for any street samurai. A smart gun link is a, uh, a pad put into your, your dominant palm. And when you touch the, the, the handle, handle of a gun that has the smart gun ready, you link with the gun and a target reticule appears in your eye where the barrel is pointing. It makes shooting so much easier. It's great. And it only costs 0.25 essence. Everyone should have that. My mages have that. Why not? That's fine. Whatever. Throw it on. Boom. So now he's down to 4.15. Okay. But he's still not strong. I mean, he's pretty strong I and mean, he worked out stuff, but you know, he's a, he was a, he was a gang member. So he didn't have access to good facilities or, you know, good juice. So he wants to toughen up. So he gets his muscles replaced. Now, uh, muscle replacement increases strength and quickness. So your, your strength and, and your, and your general dexterity. And what they do is they take off your muscles or a good, good portion of them, uh, do, do calcium treatments on your bones to make them, to make them denser. They, uh, they put in, uh, um, steel fibers in your tendons to make them stronger. And then they, they grow new muscles for you and surgically put them back on. Now you're stronger and faster. He decided to go level two because he wanted to be stronger. He was already, he was already say almost as strong as a human could be, but he wants to be a little stronger than a human can be. So he decided to go level two. Well, that took away two essence from him. He's, he's from 4.15 to 2.15, but now he, now he hits the, hits the trouble. Wait a minute. All these other street samurais have like giant twitch reactions and can shoot five people like before I even blink. Why? How do they do this? Well, they, they, they get wired reflexes. They, they get their, uh, their, their, uh, neural, neural endings in their, from their brain to their muscles enhanced, either, either replaced with grown replacements or, uh, uh, put in, uh, um, an electric stimulator to to make it to make it surge faster to your to your muscles so you react faster well he can only afford level one because wired reflexes rips apart your entire body and puts it back together again that costs two essence just for level one so now he's down to 0.15 and sammy's thinking great i'm not dead i'm not zero i'm cool it's nice not to be dead yeah i'm badass this is great and then you're like sammy you look funny you make my stomach turn when you're around. Why is that? Well, that's because he hit the uncanny valley. Now, uh, you get so much gear jammed into you that when people are around you, even if it's not, again, people around you, they do not sense you as real anymore. You are more machine than man. It's like standing next to Darth Vader in an elevator. You are not comfortable at all. I was going to say it's more like standing next to the vending machine and asking you, so you want to get a drink? No, no. Darth Vader is a pretty good example. He's got all four limbs replaced. He's got a uh, strength enhancement. He's got a uh, um, uh, full, uh, uh, full respiratory uh, enhancement. So. And you thought yeah. he was cool until you saw his backstory. Yeah, there you go. And you, you're just like in the elevator. You you got the music going on, Muzak, and you just he's just standing there. He's not looking at you. He's not going to kill you. No, he's not going to kill you. But just being in the same area with him makes your skin crawl. And then you say, but all of my gear is inside. No one can see it. Nope, counts for you too. Uh, the reason being is because uh, um, even, even if all your inside is, is replaced and no one can actually see any tech on you, your movements have changed. 
You know, if you have wired reflexes, say two, you are faster than any human being should be. You have to concentrate on moving slowly. It's going to come out in your gait. It's, it's going to come out in the way you hold things, grab things. Right. I mean, you're no like, longer moving like a normal human. Because exactly. You exactly. Your movements are too fast and too precise. People subconsciously pick up on that. And then there's the people as, but it's all in my head. I'm the, I'm the secret decker, remember? It's all in my head. No, man, you you too, buddy. Because you got all, all that all that sh- all that crap in your head. They had to cut away some brain. You don't act exactly human anymore. Absolutely. You are, yeah, yeah. You are now different. Socially, you react differently. Not bad, but just differently to make people, like I said, subconsciously uncomfortable. Well, even oh, something well, simple like. You know, someone watching a ball game, they're like, oh, wow, they're playing basketball or something. And you're actually tracking the ball with your targeting software. Exactly, exactly. You uh, you react to the world differently because you see it differently now than everybody else. You're They, they feel like you're part of a different reality because, in, in essence, you are. Everyone exactly. moves so slow. No no, no one no one can uh, can calculate the, the, uh, the, the trajectory of that thing and they don't know if it's going to go in the basket of course i knew i I knew the i knew the moment the moment it left his finger if it was going to hit or not but these guys don't you you live in a different reality now and people can sense that and then you say well is that all bad well it depends on the game master but it should never be great i mean uh me personally i don't i don't i don't have the players get the uncanny valley effect until they go under 0.5 essence if you're at 0.5 you're still acting human enough to where people don't pick up on on your weird now. But if you go under that, then it starts getting weird. And I, I have a scale that I use that I made up for myself that uh, that uh, um, g- gives you gives you uh, uh, social minuses in all areas. O- other game masters don't 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 use the mechanic at all. They should, but they don't. That's fine. That's their game. Others, others. I've, I've, I've heard of one game master who started the the uncanny valley mechanic at three essence. Dang. Under three essence, you're now more more machine than not, according to your essence rating. So that's when it starts. That's true. So it would start affecting. It'd be like minors, but yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, at, at first, his uh, his uh, uh, detriments were much more mild, but they ramped up as you got to two and a half, two, one and a half, one, and so on. So you should always, the game master should always use the uncanny valley mechanic. Just uh, tailor it to your game, and you should be fine. Absolutely, and of course, if you're running that sort of game, it always helps if you know your players, so you kind of know what they expect, and definitely talk about it beforehand. Right, right. I mean, if if you have a b- bunch of players that are in real life socially awkward, and they're going to rely on their roles, you might want to ease up on the mechanic a bit. Because I, I, I always throw the mechanic out the door if you role play it. If you role play that social situation and at the end of your role playing, then you roll, I will remove the Uncanny Valley mechanic because you've spoken to this person as a real person. And so his, his sense of you not being real anymore is eased. But if you have a group that, well, they just can't do that, they're not built that way, they have to rely on the roles for some things. Then you may want to ease that mechanic as well, just just because they're going to be failing everything at first un, 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 until until they get so high in that skill that they can they can overcome the minuses. Yeah, that's true. But I mean that, like I said, that all really it depends on the game master and the party. I I could see 
rules for strictly putting in place, rules for reasons for relaxing it. It also will depend on what level of danger the game master wants from cybernetics. You know, just how prevalent he wants it to be. Right, right. And there, there are all all sorts of mechanics uh, that are all uh, voluntary. And one of them I like to do is if you have uh, an essence of two or less, I bring in the damage cybernetics mechanic, where if 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 you take a wound to to your to your to your cyberware, there's a chance it can be damaged and will have to be replaced or repaired, and it will not work as well. Now, the, now the the, re- the reason I wait till two is because up until then, the odds the odds of hitting hitting your cyberware unless you can see it and target it are pretty slim. But after two, uh, you, you're getting into the, into the street samurai type, and now your cybernetics are pretty visible. So it's it's a lot easier to hit. That was something that was actually a letdown with Shadowrun Returns, the, the video game we just talked about, is they have the cyberware concept in the game. The mechanics are there. But uh, like I said, the character customization, you didn't have much time to do it before the game was over, and I did not have a single bit of cyberware yet, and I was a little upset by that. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I wanted to play with that whole essence thing to see how the game handled it. That's kind of a shame. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, cyberware, like I said, comes in lots of lots of different flavors. You can get uh, you can get uh, um, extendable uh, fingernails that are actually uh, uh, carbon carbon fiber slash uh, steel um, uh, mixture. Uh, you can get actual Wolverine claws that are extendable. That, uh, that, yeah, that go that go that this disappear in your forearm. Um, you can get, like I said, the the uh, um, d- data jack where you can just pump pump skills into the back of your head. There's also one that I really like, but I was I was never able to use it. If I figured out how to use it the way I wanted to, it's called skill wires. And what this is, uh, um, over all of your nerve endings, there is uh, um, uh, basically nano nanofiber wi- wires going to all of your muscles and you can you can now plug in physical skills like uh, firearms or martial arts or driving or flying or jumping athleticism whatever plug it plug it into the back of your head and now you can do those physical skills to the level of of the of the data on the chip and the extensiveness of your of your uh, skill wires skill wires go from one to nine so you can get a rank nine in something if you have a rank nine chip as well and the, the problem is that uh, rank nine takes so much of your essence away it takes 2.7 essence uh in the in the first edition rules that's a 0.3 essence times times nine times the rank so it's 2.7 essence now obviously you're not going to be a samurai after that because if we if we, if we go back and look at sammy the samurai uh you didn't have 2.7 to spare <laughs> And he wouldn't want to get rid of anything because because his idea of a samurai is the is the in your face punch you punch you dead, uh, shoot shoot you dead type guy. But if you want to be more James Bondy, with your with 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 your merc, you can do that. Use skill wires. You get the smart gun link. You get maybe a wired reflex one, and you can pull it off. I never successfully pulled it off, but hey, man, that's just me. <laughs> but hey, you know. Yeah, that's that's just me. But but you have to have a lot of money because the, these these physical programs cost a lot. Yeah, I know that I, uh, during one game I was in, I carried a lot of mid-level chips that I would swap out. But uh, 
Yeah, never in the high-level stuff. It was just too much of cost and essence. But basically, that was like, I didn't, the character honestly didn't have a lot of cybernetics. So that was kind of like my big gimmick. Yeah, you're, 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 a, you're a Swiss Army knife, basically. Yeah, that was my gimmick. It's like, yeah, that what was you need to do? I could do that. Right. Someone needs to fly the helicopter? I could do that. Yep. Just uh, just give me, give me a second. You go into your bag and you open up your case and you no, 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 no. Ah, yes, a helicopter. Got it. Plug it in. Oh, yeah, we're ready precisely. to go. And uh, in, 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 in second edition, it actually got into, uh, into bandwidth issues. Like uh, the, the uh, data jack has four ports. So you can plug in four physical, physical and or, well, if you have skill wires, you, uh, you, you, can, you can plug in four uh, different, different physical skills at the same time. But if you try using them at the same time, you, you end up with bandwidth issues. Oh, that so, makes sense. Yes. So you actually get, get degraded performance because uh, your, your body has to wait to get the information because you're because it's because the system's being used by something else at the same time which i thought was a neat mechanic i really did i mean i thought that yeah that makes perfect sense because it's using the same wires you know four four different things are, are, are trying to use these tiny mi- microfilament wires that are attached to your nerves and i was thinking when i was reading about like, do these things heat up i mean that could be bad <laughs> that would be horrible but no no i mean they, they just they solve that with a with the bandwidth issue which I thought was a great mechanic, and, and I uh, I really liked that. I'm glad they came up with it. Yeah, no, but, I think that's a nice way to go about it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so skill wires is a uh, is an is an amazing one. Really expensive, uh, both on essence and money. But if if you got the money and got the essence to spare, the this this will save a lot of time in you being a noob to just just jumping to Captain Awesome right away. All right, cool. I had nothing to add to that. How about you, Rick? Well, no, it's actually kind of cool actually to have played the game, though, and I got to say, uh, to be listening to what you have to say uh, before I played the game, it added to it quite a bit. And, uh, of course, now that you're continuing to talk about it, it just makes me want to play the next uh, episode. Go for it. You're not going to – the only reason I didn't finish it was just time. That was it. only reason I didn't finish it. I love the world building that has been done in Shadowrun. I really, it seems like the game was picking up popularity for a while, and then it kind of died out, like around the year year two thousand. Well, Actually, well, no. FASA like, took a took a dive yeah, for but a FASA very long time. got yeah. killed. Well, after Microsoft yeah. bought FASA, it kind of went downhill for Shadowrun, and that really should have been a great picking up point for them with Microsoft's deep pockets behind it. But Microsoft was not interested in Shadowrun; they only wanted to make bad MechWarrior games. Super. And they did. And speaking of that, Harebrained Schemes what? is actually what? who made the Shadowrun game. Is actually making a tactical BattleTech game. Why not? They they did a good job with this one. I don't, I, I can't imagine they're gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna just suck. So yep. yay, good for them. Those should be good. Very interested. All right, thank you very All right. much. Uh, yeah, else? yeah. And if anyone has any, if if you're watching this right now, you have any questions. Now's your time. Tick, tick, tick. If you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and leave comments. I will respond. You think I'm right? Great. Say you think I'm right. I will say, yes, I think I'm right, too. You think I'm wrong? Tell me why. As long as you have properties that make you, make you want to live under a bridge, I will respond in a timely fashion. All right. Thank you, as always. And make sure to check out uh, Heathen Dog's other excitement when he live streams uh, Star Trek Online. Uh, that's Tuesdays and Thursdays, right? That's Mondays and Thursdays. Ah, Mondays is just like Tuesday, right. but a day later. Early. Yes, it's uh, uh, what was it? 
11 a.m. Central. And uh, uh, it's the uh, it's the grand adventures of now Captain Buck Fats McCool. He is blazing a trail across the galaxy, leaving single mothers in his wake, killing folk and loving it. With his highly disturbed crew. With his highly disturbed crew. But highly efficient. Yes, they are highly efficient. If, if, if you've watched this series, you know that my, my Vulcan science officer has grown uh, more and more unstable, but in a, in a good way, I guess. And uh, she, she's brought everyone through, through means I will not discuss here, brought everyone to her way of thinking. So now, now we are all of one mind, and we are now focused on the McCool's future in the universe. Check it out. Someone's got to save the universe, so it might as well be Fast McCool. It better be Fast McCool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Ethan Dog. You are welcome. Like always, glad to be here. All right. If you enjoyed that segment, let us know in the comments. Uh, and don't forget, you can also check his other things out. And let us know that you want more Heathen Dog and more Elgarian. Thank you very much. Or less, but you probably want more. I always do. So now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go on to that last segment that put a song in your heart and a little pep in your step. It is... Got thoughts comic poll! We're all so excited. Alright. Uh, three books this week. And we're uh, confirming some opinions this week. That's kind of the, the theme, I guess. First book we're going to talk about is Hulk number two. I uh, got the new Hulk series, uh, not to be used with Awesome Hulk, which features Amadeus Cho as Hulk, uh, which is actually a fun and engaging series. Um, Hulk, the new, the current Oh, Hulk this series. cover is disturbing. It's, it's like nightmare fuel. I know, isn't it? It's a great cover. Um, however, this basically, the new Hulk series focuses on Jennifer Walters, formerly known as She-Hulk. Well, still known as She-Hulk, but... This isn't She-Hulk, this is Hulk. And I think they made this distinction because She-Hulk is a fun comic book that's usually interesting to read with coherent, with usually somewhat coherent plots. Um, Hulk, on the other hand, has a coherent plot. We're two issues in. We have yet to see the Hulk. Uh, She-Hulk has gone from someone who actually loves the power and thrills of being the Hulk to someone who fears its bestial, horrible nature and she doesn't want to lose control. Rawr. They never explained why. Yeah, she never had that in, in the in the entire life of the character. She always had almost perfect control over 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 her gamma radiation self. Right. I mean, and, yeah, and everyone else was so jealous because they didn't. Right. And well, actually, just about everyone who got hulked out had perfect control except Bruce Banner. And that's sadly oh. true. Um Yeah, I could, every other person who got Hulk powers like General Thunderbolt Ross had almost perfect control. Um, Doc Samson, almost perfect control, you know, uh, well, Rick. Doc Samson. Yes. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of, of, uh, of another run where, where Bruce Banner was, was shot in the head and then he was injected with the extremist, uh, thing to get him back. And he became extremist Hulk and, uh, he, and he, he went around and cur- curing all the other Hulks, uh, yeah. b- because they're, they're all, they're all developing anger issues. Yeah. Anytime you say extremist, I just know it's going to be a bad plot. No, I thought it was good. I mean, it was it was a genius Hulk. It was great. Yeah, they've done genius Hulk a few times. But anyway, um, because of the events of her nearly 
dying at the hands of Thanos, and the stress of when she got out of her coma finding her cousin Bruce, the Hulk, was killed by Hawkeye. Um, after that, for some reason, just she's afraid of being the Hulk for some reason and losing control, even though it's never been an issue before. Whatever. Well, well, after the coma, I mean, they, they they could easily write later that she has brain damage and that that's why her right. lack of control I, and stuff like that. They're yeah. definitely they're chalking up to post traumatic stress. That's eh, fine. Uh, but the last issue was very dark. This issue as well is very dark. This issue is actually almost unnecessary because it basically repeats the first issue. It just does it more. Um. The exact same things happen. She goes to her law firm. She checks in with the same client um, who's still having the same problems with their landlord that she says she will take care of. Um, and then something happens that stresses her out, and she almost hulks out, and she does everything she can to stop it, and she's freaking out. And the writing behind that is actually really good. You actually are scared for her. Um, you actually worry about the character. So I give them credit for that. Um, and I should mention who that is real quick. Load, page, load. Uh, written by Mariko Tamaki. Uh, art by Nico Leon. This cover is Jeff DeCall. But this... Uh, Good cover, Jeff. Yeah, great cover. Uh, I really like this cover. But even the interior art's okay. It's not bad. It's it's pretty good. I'd call it good, not great. The But the writing, I like how they do a great job. Actually, even the art does a great job of showing that isolation and stress that Jennifer's feeling the whole time. And the writing does a great job of that, too. The writing does fall apart when it comes to other characters. Uh, you know, it, it, the book just isn't very interesting. I, I'm going to give it four issues. I usually do with the new series. I'll give it four issues. you got four months to not suck. And right now, this book is just really boring because... This is not what I want from She-Hulk. I want She-Hulk, you know, to be She-Hulk. I know they're trying something else, trying something different. And I'd rather see a story of her overcoming this rather than her never being Hulk and constantly laying on the floor and crying. Yeah, the, the worst thing they could possibly do with, with, again, to her, I mean, besides this, is get her into a drug habit to, to try and control the Hulk. That would mean you drop the book immediately. Right, it would. And... I can see them doing that, but even though she, it's so dark, yeah, yeah, it's so dark. I mean, honestly, she hasn't reached for any pills or anything yet. She's uh, the thing. She one thing they mentioned is that she, working with a psychiatrist or a psychologist, one or the other, to deal with her stress, she watches like cooking videos on YouTube, right? Like how-to cooking videos uh, that calms her down. So she's always enjoyed doing since she was a kid, and so then. Like, anytime she starts freaking out, she's, like, trying to get out her phone or something to, like, watch these videos so she can calm down. Which, actually, to me, draws a lot of comparisons to the Jessica Jones Netflix series, where every time she would start freaking out, she would start naming off the streets of her hometown because that's something her psychologist taught her to do to calm down. And she hated it and thought it was stupid, but she still did it anyway. And it kind of worked. And they're, they, they're doing they, the same thing here. Well, no, the, the, re the reason they wrote that is because they did the same thing in Jessica Jones series. That's what I just said. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I went away for a second. Uh, oops, sorry. That's exactly what I just said. My bad. But instead, She-Hulk is watching cooking videos. So it to that feels very samey just because of that. I'm not saying it's not a valid thing psychiatrists don't do. It is. But it just feels a lot very samey from that. 
it feels like they've sucked all the joy and energy from the character. It's like trying to be more messed up than even Hulk was. I don't remember Bruce Banner having these kind of dark issues. Maybe it's just a sign of the times uh, where they want something a little more psychological, darker. But to me, it doesn't make for an entertaining book. And that's yeah. The I mean, uh, yeah. The, the, uh, it, it seems like the Hulk is trying to take a page from DC, make everything dark, because Batman works so well. And they should know that no, that doesn't really work with anyone but Batman. I mean, you can say it works with certain characters, but this isn't. Even if you're trying to make a Hulk book, the people who bought Hulk comics didn't buy Hulk to watch Bruce Banner lay on the floor and cry, and to not become the Hulk. They bought Hulk comics to watch Hulk smash. And to watch Hulk be persecuted for being different, you know? And yeah. try and watch Banner overcome that. This is not what you're getting. You're getting this isn't a this is a Hulk as monster within type story. Angst and turmoil. It is. It's angst turmoil, it's the monster within. This is something more akin to like something you would expect from like a vampire book from around the year well, from the nineties, because after two thousand vampire books are all glitter sparkle ponies. So but, yeah, it's not bad for what it is. It's just not dra- dragging me in. I can't say I find it completely uninteresting. Like I said, it's well-written for what it is, but it's not what I want out of a Hulk book, especially not with Jennifer Walters' Hulk. Um, so for this book, I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. I really actually should rate it... Th- I'll give it a 3.5 out of 5, honestly. It's good for what it is. It's not what I want. And that's kind of the problem. Um, some of the writing is well written, like the actual dialogue, and stuff, but then there's little beats in there like uh, Jennifer now has a new secretary in her office who, you know, he's like taking care of this. Oh, he's like, you've never, I can see you've never had a gay secretary before. Well, no, well, I'm super gay. And, we're, and let me tell you, we're great. It's like, did that have to be there? Yeah, that, that seems a little superfluous. That's very superfluous. One, it's a comic book. And okay, it's, you're doing some darker themes, but. Who cares? I mean, I would think we're at a point where, who cares? I and mean, that's something you would throw into a sitcom, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully your sexuality isn't going to be happening at work, so I don't care. Right. Exactly. It's it's kind of like every time they try and go out of their way in a comic book to show, oh, this character is gay. We never told you before. It's like no one cares. Yeah. You yeah, know, they, they they either. Yeah, they either throw it out there with no context, or they just go too far with it. Right. It's like, one, come on, we don't. Yeah, to, it's not that important. To me, that's one of those show don't tell things. And usually, you're not even going to know because you're not getting there personalized like that. But right, uh, right. I mean, the the only reason the reason you know that 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 Sulu is gay in the series is because it it shows a scene with him walking away with his with his husband and uh, daughter. You mean in the movies? That's it. In the series, he's in the not. movie. Sorry, yeah. In the actually, series, is not yeah, but in in the in, in the new movies, yeah, that that's the only that's the only time they actually get into it. You know, George Takei was actually that was great. George Takei was actually against that. against it, right? Yeah, be, be, because it it wasn't the original vision of his character. Right, he said that wasn't Gene Roddenberry's vision for the character. That's not what the character is. I mean, I'm gay, yeah, but the character's not. Right, I'm and, an actor, man. Yeah, it was a role. He, it's not a, and they were trying like, oh, well, it's for George Takei. It's like, no, George Takei didn't want it. He wanted to publicly say I didn't want it. Yeah. Which honestly which, is pretty which, cool. You know, I, I liked. Yeah, that yeah. was that was very cool. I mean, he he uh, he has he has respect for the for the creator and and uh, re- respect for a character he played for years, and and people are going to change on him, and he's not going to shove about that. Yeah, I mean, he's all about you know diversity and Star Trek being all um, 
a future where everyone's accepted for who they are and it doesn't matter. And that's cool. Great. Yeah, wonderful. But I do like that Gene Roddenberry's vision for this character was not this, you know. So I, I like that. But anyway, uh, Hulk number two, three and a half out of five. Uh, it's just... Yeah, yeah, I don't know what to say about it other than what I've already said. Interesting. Two more episodes. It's interesting. I give it two more issues. Unless it gets a lot better then, uh, it's gone. And it's going to be replaced with something else I'll try. Especially if you don't see the Hulk by issue four, Don. <laughs> I know. They're holding off on that. <laughs> I understand they're trying to build the drama of like, yeah, we finally sell the Hulk. But, you know, in the original 1960s Hulk, you saw Hulk in issue one. I'm just saying. Just saying. Hulk hasn't even been on the cover. Anyway, uh, next book. Let's go to DC. And let's talk about Just League vs. Suicide Squad number six. The final Oh, issue. not this thing again. It's like every week they're pumping one of these out. But Sigh. This is the final issue. Yay. Uh, art is by Howard Porter, uh, who else did the cover. Uh, written by Josh Williamson. Uh, art was pretty solid. I liked it. Okay. No, the, the cover's kind of busy. Well, they're trying to be busy just to show how powerful Eclipso is whooping everyone's butt. Because he's Eclipso and he can do that. Eclipso. All he right. used to be the spirit of vengeance. But now he's not. Now he's spirit of revengeance or something. Revenge. The revengeance or Eclipso. Anyway. I'm not going to tell you the plot of this book because it's too convoluted. Basically, it boils down to... Because they, they do try to do a lot of really clever, quote-unquote, twists and turns. It boils down to this. Eclipso got his way back out into the real world. Um, Batman and... Th with the dumbest writing of any supervillain ever, he mind-controls everyone in the Justice League except Batman. Okay, if I'm mind controlling the Justice League, number one, Batman. Yes, and number number two, Superman. But right. number one, Batman. Right. Number two is either Superman or Wonder Woman. We're both insanely strong. Um, and especially because Wonder Woman, even worse than Superman, pulls out powers all the time. Did you know she's telepathic and can talk with animals? Nope. Yeah, she is. Nope. Um, they don't bring that up very often. <laughs> Did you know Wonder Woman um, can actually command any soldier? Hmm. Not kidding. Um, she actually has the powers of the god of war, and she actually can magically command any soldier. What if they're a veteran? They were a soldier. Yes. Wow. What if they thought about being a soldier? No. no. Uh, if you're a veteran, she still can, but I'm probably sure there's some break in there. Like, if you reject your background as a soldier completely, that, or you were, you were in for, like, 18 months or something and then got out and you hated it, then probably not. But anyone who still thinks of themselves as a soldier, like those vets who still go to the the uh, the VFA or the sorry the VFW wear their hat all the time, yeah, yeah, she can get them. Old guys wearing their Vietnam you know hats, yeah, she gets them. But yeah, Wonder Woman has a million powers they hardly ever bring up. So Wonder Woman's dangerous. But anyway, enough of that. So. How do you not mind control Batman first? Oh, you're not a threat. You've got no real powers. Wait, what? So, anyway, Batman gets uh, what's left of the Suicide Squad together. Uh, they figure out that they could uh, knock the uh, Eclipse of Influence out of people 
by hitting them with sunlight or the equivalent. Uh, they eventually figure out to do this by having Killer Frost make an perf ice pr wait a perfect prism out of ice, um, which she says she could do, but it's like really really difficult and take a lot of life energy, and she has to suck life energy to use her powers. And there's a dramatic moment where all the Justice League says, "Well, first Batman's like, don't worry, take my life," and then uh, Superman's like, "Mine." Superman's like, "Everyone's like, no, take all of ours. This is important, right?" And it's supposed to be dramatic, but it didn't really come off that way because you knew it was going to happen. And then Superman... Sh well, first they get it by blasting Superman and a couple of the other Justice League members with some sunlight that frees them. The Superman blasts his eye beams through the crystal to hit Eclipso, and they kill him that way. Or at least they knock him back into crystal form. Yay. So, yeah, really... Lame. It was lame. It was very lame. You know, it was just... It was basically a whole bunch... It was like a poorly set up wrestling match in the WWE. Alright? Where basically, you know who's going to win because it's the guy who got beaten up for two third, well, for three quarters of the match. The guy who just got his butt whooped for three quarters of the match is going to turn and win in ten seconds at the end. He's going to be completely dominant and win. And that's what happened. And it was really boring. And then, of course, at the end, there's the whole a few plot twists where it show where Maxwell Lord's talking to Amanda Waller, and he's like, you know, I just figured out you set me up, you set all this in motion in the first place, just so that the Justice League would leave you alone, because they were Batman was getting too close to knowing you had the Suicide Squad, so you planned all this, you let Eclipso free. What a risk, Amanda Waller. You're dark and evil. I almost have to respect that. It's like, oh God, really, really, that doesn't no, even play. No. Yeah, if, if 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 Amanda Waller's big plan was to let Eclipso go free, she is stupid. Yep, that was her plan. Amanda, stupid. Because Batman almost figured out the Suicide Squad existed, she decided to drop enough information on Maxwell Lord to make him think it'd be a good idea to grab this stuff and to risk the entire world. But she was sure that the Just League of Suicide Squad could handle it. It's like, oh, Yeah, God, but really? her, her entire character up until this point is the opposite of that. She made the Suicide Squad because she didn't think the other heroes handled handle right, it. Right, exactly. Yeah. And now she's like, no, I knew them could handle it. It's like, Jesus. What? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It makes Amanda Waller is always one of those characters who's on the edge, but she's never. But that's just stupid and evil. And she's never been stupid and evil. She's been plotting, yes, but she's also a government stooge. And this is not something a government stooge would do. You know, it's because you got to think of all the people who. Because what it shows, like in Justice League, the Eclipso thing going on, people are murdering each other in the streets. And that's okay. Just so Batman didn't figure out about the Suicide Squad early, and so you could hide your other activities. That doesn't make any damn sense. No, that's, that's, the, that's the second stupidest thing about this comic. The first one is not mind-controlling Batman. I mean, he's the right. only guy as a charter member of the Justice League who has no powers. How do you think he got there, man? Right, he's the only member that Justice League the other that every member respects and is worried about, and he has no real powers. Think about that for a second. Yeah, it's it's like uh, there was a, there was a comedian I forget who, but uh, it was his joke was about uh, if you see a, a a group of black uh, thug type guys walking around with one white guy who who they consider a friend, fear that white guy. What did he have to do to to get their trust in in, in this racially motivated society? He's got to be absolutely crazy. 
Exactly. Yeah, I that kind of a story I've heard uh, from a professional bouncer. Um, he's actually a mixed martial arts uh, fighter and also a bouncer. And he said the scariest thing you'll see is a whole gang of, of young Asians come in, and there's one skinny 90-pound dude in a wife beater who everyone's staying away from. That's the guy you worry about. That's the scariest man in the club. Because if he's a skinny 90-pound dude and a wife beater and no one's screwing with him in his own gang, you know he's dangerous. Anyway, um, this book actually did have some fun moments in it. and But it just was trying too hard to be too clever. Um, it also suffered for there being way too many characters in it. That no character ever really got the do they needed. Um, if you were a fan of Batman or Harley Quinn, okay, you got your stuff. If you're a big fan of Katana, no, you did not come out of this book pleased. If you're a big fan of Green Lantern and you really like uh, the current Green Lanterns, um, you're going to wonder why they're even in this book. Deadshot gets more gets more pressed than the Green Lanterns. So uh, Aquaman gets like a page. So... Killer Croc gets more action than Aquaman. And that's just, nice. Boomerang gets more action than Aquaman. And but Aquaman's not a bad character in the comics nowadays. You know, he's actually recovered pretty well from the Super Friends era. He's actually, you know, a very powerful, dangerous person. You know, he actually has some respect nowadays among comic nerds. But uh, they don't spend any of that at all. No, they spend a lot of time piddling on him. Ah. <sighs> Uh, yeah. Anyway. I'm glad this is the last one. I, we, we're Me never going to talk about this again, right? But at the No, we're going to talk about this a lot. At oh. the end, yes. because the main purpose of this entire series was to set up two things. First and foremost, the most important thing. No, the second most important. The second thing is it established Amanda Waller had a project IX or 9. And then a Project 10, which is the current Suicide Squad, and that she's starting a Project 11, an even darker, more suicidier squad, who Maxwell Lord is apparently going to be in. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the book, Maxwell says, so were you going to put me in your Suicide Squad? She's like, no, you're not a candidate for Project 10, but you'd be perfect for Project 11. Dun, no, dun, dun. there is no... <laughs> <laughs> There I, is no project with Maxwell Lord, the guy who can mind control anyone. No. I saw, Well, right now, Amanda Waller has... All right, this is it. All right, every time Maxwell Lord starts to use mind control, he gets a terrible nosebleed, right? She has a pump full of blood thinners. Said if he did it, he would die from bleeding out. That's both actually kind of smart and laughable at the same time. It is. It is, yes. Oh, it's so stupid. And it's just, it made me, it, that's supposed to be a dramatic moment, but it was like an eye roll and a laugh. Because, like, really, really, even more, what's darker than a suicide squad? Uh, a mutually assured murder pack battalion? You know? Ooh. <laughs> Box that one up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see, it could star, let's see, um, Maxwell Lord. Uh, we'll put Harley Quinn in it, just because everyone loves Harley Quinn. And, and, I <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, anyway. 
<sighs> so they do that. and But the most important thing they set up is JLA, Justice League of America, which they've already, like I said last week, they've already set out the promo, promo materials for, but it's Batman's new Justice League, and it features Killer Frost, Lobo, uh, Batman, The Ray... Oh, what is her name? That feral girl. No, she's not feral. Well, she used all the animal powers. Um, African American. I don't know. But Come on, Rick, she, help me out. Uh, she she, she she's a newer older. hero. No, no she's no. older. No, no, no. She uh, she's currently in. Uh, is it uh, Vixen? The, the, the uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, not. Um, no, no. I, I forget her name. But anyway, uh, I got a couple of flags on this play. Um, Batman is creating a Justice League of America. Uh, and the first person you said was Killer Frost, whose yeah. powers are uh, dependent on sucking up life energy from people. Uh, flag. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. The second flag. Harley Quinn. Batman and she have a long history of her being stupid um flag yep yep mm-hmm. okay and lobo okay lobo the most unpredictable superman type level person in the universe who doesn't like being told what to do batman loves telling people what to do um flag yeah, they're trying to do it's a team of misfits and they oh, Yeah, I can't This sounds awful. Yeah, I can't say that I'm excited about it. But I'm sure there are some people who are just super excited about the new JLA. Um I'll I'll probably, I'll probably get a couple issues just to check it out, but uh, uh, uh. anyway, was not super thrilled with the whole thing. Uh, had some neat moments in it, but you know the payoff is about what I expected. Because anytime nowadays you see one of these big crossovers, do not get your hopes up for the ending. Just expect the ending to suck. Um, and it kind of met my expectations. So two and a half out of five, or just leave versus God. It's a, it was okay, you know. Eh. If I had mm. never gotten issue six, it wouldn't hurt me at all. I, I you know. I wouldn't write in every prediction. Yeah, I'm going to hard pass on this whole thing. Yeah, I don't even... If it comes out as a trade, if, you, if you're if you a big fan of the Suicide Squad... Nope. nope. I know you're nope. not. But not if you are, that. go ahead and get it. It's kind of neat. It's a fun read, well, but what's, it's not great. What's probably even more sad is that on Comixology, 161 ratings for this issue, it's four stars. And that, that means they're going to have a Justice League versus Suicide Squad part two. Well, no, people are going to rate it high Ugh. because they got to watch their favorite villains and favorite heroes smash each other. Um, and they thought, oh, look at that twist ending when you could see it coming three issues ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, to me, it just doesn't successfully complete the ideas. It was too muddled and too. There's too many giant plot holes in it for me. Now, the ideas initially initially were too too stupid to begin with. Right. Exactly. So the the uh, premise was shaky. No, I wouldn't even say shaky. Crappy. 
And so the whole the whole series had to be crappy just because the foundation sucked. Yep. Anyway, that's the first Just League versus Suicide Squad number six. Uh, take it or leave it. We better end on a good note. We are with infamous Iron Man number four. Oh, infamous Iron Man, you are so infamous. Um, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, art by Alex Maleev, who also did the cover. Uh, this series, as we've said before, features Victor Von Doom. Um, now that Iron Man Tony Stark is in a permanent coma, the and Doctor Doom has been restored after the event of the Secret Wars. Uh, he sets his face back. He's this book has been interesting because it laid out that he's trying to be a hero. And one of the most interesting things about that is he's not trying to be a hero because now he feels bad for his past crimes. He's being a hero because he actually had the powers of God, created the universe, and found it unsatisfactory. And now that things are like they are now, he's like, you know, I'll try being a hero because it seems to work for people. And he, uh, I think it was last issue, he actually told someone this. And they were like, that's terrible. That is the worst reason ever to be a hero. That is not good. That does not make you a hero. That is awful. And he just kind of went, yes. I'm not saying it's the best reason. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just going to try this and hope to find satisfaction from it. Yeah, and th- and that dummy who's, who tried to get him to stop being a hero should be shot in the face. Well, no, she she wasn't trying to stop him. She was telling him, that's not a good reason. That's not no, a good reason. No, you shut the... You shut the heck up. I mean, uh, Dr. Doom is not going to be evil anymore. He's trying to be good. You help that guy. You help him. Oh, no, yeah, do this, this, this. Oh, it didn't work out? Oh, no, no, you can still do it. Do this, this, this. Because every day he's trying to be a hero is another day where he's not trying to kill everybody in the world. He doesn't want to kill him. He just wants to control him. Whatever. But the the end result means like half the people in the world die. So stop him from doing that, and we're good. Yep. So, um... But this issue mainly features him uh, showing up on the S.H.I.E.L.D. Hel- helicarrier in Maria Hill's office. And it's actually it's kind of a neat scene because Maria Hill's like in her room. You know, she's off duty. She's talking with her mom on the phone. Her mom's bothering her. And then she gets a message, you know, uh, from, you know, Dr. Doom saying, hey, let's meet in your office. And she's like, no, no, that's not going to happen. No, you're a criminal. And he's like, no, I'm already here, so you might as well. And she's like, well, if you were here, I, that's bull. If you are here, the alarms would be going off. Then it's the alarms. All the alarms are going off. Dr. Doom is on the premises! She's like, I don't know. But uh, he ends up meeting with her and saying, hey, uh, stop sending Ben Grimm after me. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm trying to help you out right now. Right now, I'm your best friend. I am actually doing more to take down high-level criminals than you are. Because I know how they think. I know their home addresses. I know their bank accounts. I've paid them. So uh, leave me alone. We'll help each other out. And I'll be a hero. And that'll be great for everyone, right? Sure. And she's like, hell no. Stupid. That's not the, well, she's like, that's not the way it works. You're under arrest. He's like, haha, that's funny. Yeah, really. Anyway, so uh, leave me alone and get Ben Grimm off my case. <laughs> get, get, get the thing off my jock. Yeah, pretty much. And... And there's actually some, because, you know, while she's talking to him, there's all these shield agents with guns on him. You know. 
And he's not worried about that in the no, least. No, he's and actually there's a great no. little phone about that, yeah. like, uh, or something where where someone says something and there's we're threatening you with those guns, and Aviate Hill says, "You think you're threatening him? Do you feel threatened?" He's like, "No, not at all." You see, <laughs> so it's like, um, but there's actually another nice turn where she's talking to Marie Hill, and Marie Hill just isn't buying. It's like you're a wanted criminal. There are a million warrants against you. I'm going to arrest you. And he's like, no, no, you're not. I'm helping you out. I'm a hero now. And so then he's like, you know, just tell me where Ben Grimm is right now. And she's like, I don't. And Marie Hill says, I have no idea where he is right now. And one of the agents goes, he's in Laveria right now, ma'am. Then she like looks at her, like looks at the agent who spoke with just this look of hate. He's like in Laveria, really? And then he like teleports out. <laughs> and she, and there's this, and she just looks at the agent like, you're done. Pack up your stuff. But ma'am, I'm sorry. You're done. Go. Yep. That was a. That was a. That was stupid. Yeah. Yeah, that was dumb. But it was a great scene where it's like, could you get the perky, you know, overly enthusiastic shield agent showing how useful they are? He's in Liberia, ma'am. Trying to help her. It's like you, dummy. And of course, unfortunately, you found it in the last issue. Um. Well, if you're a follower of Doctor Doom. His mother was a very powerful witch. Very. Very. And kind of crazy and kind of evil. Very. Um, she was not quite dead and stuck in hell for a while, but she got she was released. When she sees that her son is on TV is trying to be a hero and help people, she's like, I can't believe he lost his way like this. What, what, what the hell is he doing? And she goes <laughs> to their home in Latveria to talk to him. Of course, he's not there. Um, ben Grimm is trying to track Dr. Doom down, goes to his castle Latveria, encounters super witch-powered uh, Mrs. Doom, and she just lays into him, starts pulling the plates off of his skin. Yeah, it's pretty dark. As you know, this, this comic is dark, but not in the interior psychological, the beast within, everything's horrible way. It's dark as in this is a person who's been a villain his whole life trying to be better. But there's still a lot of bad things happening around him. Like when he goes to Latveria, he sees it's a war zone. And he's like, what the F? And he tracks down the general who he left in charge. Because uh, he left the uh, Fritwish general in charge. But he left this general in charge while he went out to do, to do Doctor Doom stuff. And he goes back, and this country's a war zone. There's rebels, there's fighting... Think everything's bombed out. People are starving. And he goes, what the hell happened? I left you a stable country. What is this? Well, I had to, like, no, you did not. Well, I can't find anyone who could actually settle all this stuff, so I had to, like... And he says, look, in 10 seconds I found this person. Hire her immediately. Have her set things right. Talk with the rebels. You have your orders, General. He's like, yes, sir. And then he flies off. And that may... Which is nice to see Doctor Doom, like, snap this guy back to attention, but I also want to think, old Doctor Doom would have vaporized the guy. And he actually oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had a half-life of, like, a, a quarter second. Yeah, he actually mentioned that to him, like, I'm trying to be a better person. I would have just killed you before. I'm giving you a chance to redeem yourself. So it's like, I, I like how he's not just, oh, I'm sunshiny good now. Don't worry, we can do this. He's like, a month ago I would have killed you. Fix this. He doesn't say, or I'll kill you. Just tells you better because I'm Victor Von Doom and I'm very dangerous. Yeah, and uh, I'm Victor Von Neumann, you're not, so, yeah. 
Yep, the comic ends with him finding Ben Grimm pretty messed up. He's like, uh, and then he knows, realizes his mother is like, oh, hello, mother. And that's where it ends. So I'm a big fan of this book. Um, Bendis is knocking this one out of the park. Uh, his writing has been very hit or miss recently. Uh, especially, he, this is the same guy who wrote Civil War Two, which started out neat, but with a total rewrite of, of Captain Marvel's personality, which I did not like, no, and ended no. with just a thud, which everyone hated. Um, but he's knocking this book out of the park, which remind you why every, he became Marvel's glory boy for a, quite a while. Um, I'm, the art style Alex Malief puts in there is a very impressionistic or more expressionistic art style. Um, Lots of purples, lots of dark colors. Um, most things are not drawn clearly. Things are kind of drawn it's a little out of focus as a, to give the impression that Victor is a little out of focus. In the scenes where he's not in the armor or not dealing with things he doesn't like, everything's actually drawn a lot cleaner. Like when he's trying to do something hopeful, the art gets a lot cleaner and brighter. And then when he starts having to go back to punching people or dealing with an idiot general, it starts getting darker and a little more out of focus. I love that touch. So the that, is, is, that does sound like a nice touch. It's good. Yeah, he's really doing great work with this. And so right now, this is one of my favorite series from Marvel, Infamous Iron Man. Highly recommend it. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I'm going to give this issue four and a half out of five. Loved this issue. The interaction, Ooh, nice. not a lot of action, but the interactions with um, Maria Hill uh, the general, and even though that little bit with uh, Ben Grimm were, were just gold. Loved it. Loved this issue. Great plot points. Worried about next issue. Uh, don't know how the witch mother thing is going to go. But uh, yeah, been really liking the series. So that's Garthon's comic poll, ending on a high note. That's how we like to do it. If you have any questions or comments, you know you can drop them by on the website, on the forums, or. If you see this video on YouTube, drop them in there, and I will do my best to answer. Have any comics you think I need to cover? Let me know that, too. And yes, maybe I will, just for you children. So thank you very much. Don't forget, if you like this video, you can always subscribe to our YouTube channel or and uh, follow us on Twitch to see when our live streams go up. Now it's time for the RNG section where we talk about the random things rumbling around. Anyone got anything random they want to talk about? Yes, Elgarian does. I'll let you guys pick. So, <laughs> yeah. So I've got a bunch of stuff queued up, ready to talk about it. So uh, I don't know what's more interesting to you guys. Anime, anime, <laughs> anime, anime. You have to, you have to hear the choices. Anime. Resident Evil, the final nope. chapter. Nope. A particular okay. anime. Yes. Narcos, yes. the TV series. And crap. No. Nope. Legends, the TV series. You no, Legends of Tomorrow? No. I, oh, uh, no. Yeah, I tried that one for like two episodes. Didn't work out <laughs> so well. And then uh, Bates Motel, the TV series. No, anime. Hit, hit me. Hit me. Did, did hit somebody me. say anime? Okay, we'll do anime. Yes. So, was it La Blue Girl? <laughs> Sorry. That was bad. No. That, was, that, was a bad <laughs> that was a bad joke. Mm. Bleep that one out. All right. <laughs> so uh from previous episodes some people might notice that uh i have not uh been too much of a fan of anime in the past uh but i am looking for a, 
a few gems to watch to see what the appeal is. And Heathen Dog has tried one or two uh, times thus far to recommend some items that uh, have not come over so well. But I stumbled across something that I decided to hit play because it looked like it might give me some sort of nostalgic joy, and it did. Uh, on Netflix, I played Voltron. Voltron, the new one? The, 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 uh, the new, yes, the, the I don't new know if Voltron. that counts as anime. See, I was wondering if that's yeah, what you guys would say. Technically, and this is, it doesn't. But, okay. uh, oh, so so if it's good, it doesn't. No, no, it's not. It's, it's good. Oh. No, <laughs> it's just it, not made by Japanese studios. Exactly. It's technically a cartoon. But they have but a big It eye- is good. It is good. They, have, they got the big eyeballs. Yeah, I know, but it's still technically Well, a that's cartoon. kind of one of those things that falls in like the last airbender category, where clearly it's an anime, but technically it's not Japanese. Ooh. Yeah, and there, there there is a, you know, differentiation between that. I mean, it has to come from Japan to be anime, but anything else is a cartoon. Now, but that's that also a said, real kind of nitpicky distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, uh, Voltron Legendary Defender, I believe that's what's called. Um, yes. I think so, yeah. Yes, uh, it is good. It is a good cartoon. I love it. I, I've I've seen the first and second season myself. The only reason I didn't put it in to to my segment is because it technically is not an anime, but it is excellent. And and if you like it, then you're a good person, and I respect <laughs> you more for it. Yes, I, I found the uh, the voice acting to be top notch. Um, the script was really good, uh, which uh, was refreshing. Uh, and also, it was a little deeper, and there's a lot more character development than the old traditional Voltron TV show we had in the past. So uh, yes. I'm intrigued, and I, I watched the first episode last night, and I plan to continue watching it. You watched the one episode, and you're, you're, you're bringing it up here? One episode. Hey, it's been what he's doing before. <laughs> oh my god well uh, I will oh say that the, the new Voltron series is better than like the last two or three Voltron series um, yeah well, especially the cars that was just awful wait are you talking about like the original car series yeah. oh jeez no <laughs> oh. because that thing was Voltron the original Voltron is actually Go Lion um, but since yeah. then there have been other uh, actually almost always Lion focused uh, like there was a, a 3D one like with 3D animation. Uh, well, computer animated, I should say. Then there was a different animated one. Neither of those were very good. Even <laughs> though the, the uh, computer animated one had a... Uh, oh, I just forgot his name. Anyway. Uh, Peter got... Curry. Stephen Curry as a voice actor. No, no, no. Let, 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 him, let him talk about uh, his one-episode experience. <laughs> it, it Completely amazing. A whole hour of joy. Yes. <laughs> was it an hour? Yeah. Yeah, hour long. Hey, so um, I do have some cons, though. Uh, One, uh, you know those 80s cartoons we grew up with? uh, They all had some ridiculous uh, comedic character, uh, like uh, T-Bob on Mask, and you had Snarf on Thundercats. You had had those stupid mice on Voltron. And unfortunately, they are still there. Yes, they are still there. But they do not have the uh, the screen time. You, you don't know right. this because you haven't seen the first and second season. But uh, they don't <laughs> they don't have they don't have the screen time that they did at the original. Like they were there all the time. Like they 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 appeared on every episode, and they were actually integral on a couple episodes, which uh, it irked me to no to no end. But uh, in, in in this one, they are just comedic relief for a moment, and then they're forgotten, which I right. love. Yes. 
Yeah, they're not a. They don't. They don't get as much screen time as they used to. I do miss the keys in the good castle. Two thumbs up. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what do you? What do you got? Heathen dog. Oh no 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 no! Algarian has to help us out some more because he saw the. The new Resident the, Evil uh, film. The, 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 yes, the new Resident Evil, and we have to hear oh. about that because I haven't seen it yet. Whoa, am I like taking over the whole Erng segment? You are. Most of it. Lay me. it on us. Sweet. So actually, uh, just an hour or two before uh, tuning into this, I uh, was watching Resident Evil with my girlfriend and her little brother. And I got to say, it uh, is not the worst Resident Evil movie. That's that high not, praise. Yeah, yes, that's not good. Yes. And I also uh, had a um, uh, a falsehood I stated today. I, I told her little brother, uh, Nick, that uh, there was five movies. There was six movies. This is the sixth. Dang. I didn't yes. realize there were six of those. Yeah, and so now i got to figure out which one I missed because they all seem familiar when I click on all the IMDb profiles. And because uh, they all are pretty much identical. Well, it's and, possible uh, you did see them all. Oh, maybe, I guess. But in any case. Um, I, I mean, honestly, how many times do you watch Mila Joseph shoot a zombie before it kind of blends in? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I, I figured out how you say Mila Jovovich. It's Mila Jovovich. Technically, that is true, but I never pronounce it like that because I'm. Uh, an ass, I guess. Well, I, I always, I've always been saying it the wrong way, but she actually has a little intro where she says her name herself uh, right before the movie starts, hoping you enjoy the movie. So, uh, oh. she was there with her husband, who's also the director. Oh, I was um, thinking that, but, uh, you know, that she would show up her multi, hold us a multi pass, and then say her name. You know, Mira. Oh, uh, Lilu. That was her best role. How did that movie not get a sequel? Yeah, no kidding, right? Fifth Element. That was good stuff. But anyway, Resident Evil. Um, great action uh, for the most part for, you know, like a B-rate action flick. Lots of gasoline-type explosions, which is a little annoying if uh, people want something a little more realistic. Like, uh, for instance, when a Claymore mine goes off, it doesn't look like a big fireball. You lie! Um, no! Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's but, sad, too. When you too, blow up your if, enemy, you want them to know they're getting blown up. Exactly. Yes. It's a warning to the others. A uh, little bit of trivia. Uh, one of her uh, stunt people uh, that was doubling for her during a motorcycle accident lost their arm in the movie. Had to be amputated. Oh and, my god. Uh, yeah, and then also one of the uh, crew died during the set. Yeah, uh, uh, on the set when uh, Humvee fell on them. So uh, yeah, not good. Hardly an endorsement of the safety of the film. Yeah. No kidding. They need to fire their safety officer. No kidding. Or at least make him do the stunts or her. But they did do, and this is something I really liked, uh, at the beginning of the movie, they tried to give you as much background as possible so anybody who hasn't seen any of the previous movies can all get up to speed. Um, I think they tried to make an attempt to make this really loose, uh, nonsensical storyline kind of make sense. And then t at the end of the movie... Uh, they tried to wrap everything up very nicely in a nice little package with a bow on it. So uh, props for that, you know, uh, and I would say it's probably the second best Resident Evil movie. The the first one, of course, being the best. I did like the first one, I must admit. 
Oh, well, good, because that little laser room comes back in this one. Yeah, laser room. That was cool. Yay. That guy got sliced into cubes. <laughs> All right, well, cool. Glad to hear that film's actually worth watching. I need to actually see a film. I need to see Star Wars. I still haven't seen that. Wait, wait, what? I still haven't seen no. Rogue One. What? Why should I? I want to see it, but I'm busy. I got a life. Well, you'll stop your life because it's it's meaningless. Unless you, you see Wars? Rogue One. Oh. No, unless you see Rogue One, your life, the rest of it that you think is more important than this, you're wrong. I think you're having difficulty constructing proper priorities. No. No, I'm good. Well, I got to say, it, it proved that there was some hope that Disney could pull off a good Star Wars movie because they didn't prove it with, uh, what, what was it called, Force Awakens? Episode 8. Episode 8, yeah. That one was lackluster yeah. at best. That yeah. was Star you know, Wars. Was... Just that was To me, that was Star Wars Yosemite Sam. Yeah. yeah. Every, it just it reminded me of, I think I've said it before, that episode of Looney Tunes where Bugs Bunny and Yosemite and Sam are both running for mayor of a town in the Wild West. And, you know, everything... And there's this wonderful scene where Bugs Bunny goes up to the stand and he, like, goes up there, I speak in a soft voice, but I carry a big stick. And the people all cheer. And then Yosemite Sam runs up there and yells, Well, I speak in a loud voice, and I carry an even bigger stick. And I like to use it, too. And then he hits Bugs Bunny. <laughs> um, and that was, you know... And that's what episode eight was. Your pl- your machine blows up a planet. Mine blows up seven planets. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that's great. Your lightsaber has two little things coming out. Mine has three. Yay. <sighs> There's actually a, a good YouTube video if you click around all the you know, homemade Star Wars videos uh, where two Jedi are facing off at each other. And they both draw their lightsabers and they all make like these weird shapes and then they keep hitting another button to make it a different shape to one up each other. I've actually seen that one. Yeah, like Fitz is like one of them starts injuring himself because the two tines are coming out of it. And... Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, uh, let's see here. What what have I done? That, what, hmm. eh. uh, I beat Tales of Zestiria on the PlayStation 4. Hmm. Uh, the Tales games are all pretty interesting. Uh Kind of like, in a way, it's like the Final Fantasy series in that no game is really directly related to another. Sometimes you can draw connections, but they're not necessarily connected. Um, this was an action RPG, uh, bright, cartoony, fun to look at, but to me, it overstayed its welcome. Like right when I was ready, I was like, okay, that ends the game, right? No, that doesn't. No, this isn't the end. Not at all. Nope. Oh, let me check. Oh, let me check online. Oh, I'm two thirds through crap at that point you're invested you just keep going but i was done at that point at that point i was you know the fun had kind of gone out of it at that point i was just ready for it to be done the plot kept dragging and dragging it's like they'd already set out what i need to do how i needed to do it what the problems were i knew everything and i knew the wrap-up it was just a matter of getting it done and little minor developments that didn't matter or affect the story or plot and just be became kind of a kind of a drag because the neat thing about action combat is you're controlling the combat and it's like ah slash 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 haha the pathway action combat is every fight you need to control it and there are a lot of fights it's like why can't they just walk down this corridor and the sad thing is you can see all the monsters you got to fight it's like oh god 
you know you're going to win. Some of the fights are going to be hard. You know you're going to win. You know you could whoop them all. And it's not like you just sit back and hit X a million times. You can set it to auto, which tells me, okay, if you know you need to do this, you got a problem with your combat. But there are some combos if you leave to auto, they might get killed because they're not that bright. So it's just, uh. But I liked the story. I liked the game. I thought it looked nice. And I liked the story, but I ended up finishing it at about 60 hours in, and I was done at 40. But really deep systems in the game, though, actually. It seems like it's not going to be. They start getting into it. It's like, and maybe it's a little over-complex with how a lot of the bonus and buffings work with how your gear gives certain attribute abilities. And you get, uh, it's just, it starts kind of, eventually I started ignoring it because it just became too hard to keep track of. And went, screw it. I'm just going to chop, chop, chop. And that worked out okay. Um, currently working on Sword Art Online Lost Song. Another action Good RPG. anime. Yeah, it was a good anime. This one takes place directly after Season 2, where they do all the elfie elfy stuff in uh, right, right. Alpha, ALO, Alfheim. Yes. So you're actually going... The plot of the game is an expansion has come out for uh, ALO, Al, uh, Alfheim Online. And so you're actually going into the expansion... And you're trying to be the first through it. And all the characters from the previous series are there and you talk to them. It is fun. It's light. Uh, the combat at first took some getting used to. But once you got used to it, I actually kind of like the combat a lot. It's action combat. Um, but it's like easier to get. Once you get it, it's easier to get behind. It doesn't bog itself down in a lot of weird systems where, where you have to like make sure you maximize your buffs from everything. You know, it's like you have a weapon slot a secondary weapon slot, and then you get, like, uh, a necklace, an amulet, and a ring. That's your uh, gear. And there's not a million of these things dropping. There's a million weapons that drop, which basically say, you go through, is this better, this better? No? Okay, screw it. Uh, you have, like, 12 or 20 different, I think it's like 20 different characters you could choose from. Like I said, just about everyone who had a speaking, who had a major speaking part in the anime is a fully voiced character. Original Japanese voice actors. Sweet. Um, yeah, there's no English voice option. It's Japanese voices. Which actually, you know, is neat. If you've watched the anime in Japanese, it's the same actors, and they do a great job. And there's some neat things going on. I, I like it a lot. It's not a perfect game. It's pretty light. It's fun. And I'm blowing through it pretty quick. It's not a very long game. But that's fine. That's what I was looking for. It's fun. There's a new sort of online game that just came out. Probably not going to grab it until I can get it cheap, like 20 bucks or less. So uh, I'll let you know when I finish that, my final thoughts on it, if I like it. Oh, another thing about Tales of Zestiria. That game, like most ga all games nowadays, like if we play on a console, even on Steam, have, have uh, achievements that unlock, right? With Final Fantasy XV, knocked at every achievement, not a problem. With Tales of Zestiria, you better love that game to get those achievements, or you're getting like a quarter of them. Because more than half of the achievements, actually wait, 75% of the achievements require you to go through the game at least twice. Yeah. And there's probably about a third of the achievements of the game where you're going through that game four times. No lie. Four times. You can do like carry over a lot of your experience and your gear and stuff like not all your gear but you can it's a neat system with a new game plus on this you get a certain amount of like carryover points 
And you can use those points to like buy stuff from a list, like carry over your experience, carry over your weapons, carry over this weapon, carry over, uh, or you can get double XP your next time run through, or double gold, or double, it's like, huh, that's interesting. So you actually set up your next new game with huge bonuses. And then it, after that game, you're going to get uh, the uh, carryover points from both playthroughs. So instead of like 500 points, you'll have 1,000 points to spend. And so the next playthrough, you're even more powerful. But that's there's no... The story doesn't change, and I can't find any reason to do it except you want to unlock all the achievements. Achievements are like crappy quests. Bottom yeah, line. a lot of times. I like the achievements that happen during the course of the game. I actually kind of, actually, I do kind of like when there's some, like, wacky achievements that, you know, might be like, visit every, uh, have a drink in every inn or something like that. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. I don't like when achievements are along the lines of, catch one of every type of fish using the fishing skill. There are 380 types of fish. (laughs) No! No! I mean, that's, because you're, that's the type of achievement... Uh, plan that only says, okay, only the most dedicated crazy fan of this game is going to get this achievement. Yeah, that's true. But that doesn't mean that people will... You're, they're going to see that achievement on their list. People who love your game, or let's say people who like your game, are going to see that achievement and just kind of shrug and say, well, I'm not getting full achievements on this game. And it's kind of sad, you know, when you like getting all the achievements, it's nice. It's, it's always a nice, satisfying feeling, like, ha, I got everything. But they have to be... That's why I like the achievements of 15. They were all very doable. Some of them took a little bit of a pain in the butt. You had to go out of your way to do it. But nothing to the point where it's like, I had to sink an additional 40 hours in this game for this one achievement. Nothing like that. And that's what Tales of Zestiria is asking you to do. And I'm just not down with that. So overall, I liked the game. On a star rating, I'd give it a... It overstayed its welcome. But other than that, I'll give it a 3.5 out of 5. I liked the story. I liked some of the parallels they were drawing. I liked what they were trying to do with it, but it did overstay its welcome. It was too long, and they wanted more time for me, and they weren't going to get it. But that's a uh, that's my story. Ooh, cool All thing. right, good deal. You got anything, Heathen Dog? Well, only that uh, uh, we're currently in the seventh uh, anniversary of Star Trek Online, and uh, anyone who uh, comes in quickly enough right now could get a free tier six ship normally the tier six ship you have to buy that was tier five no no it's tier six definitely i didn't it's supposed to be in the store no 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 uh there is the uh summer winter and anniversary events where they usually have uh a mission or uh, an episode where you redo every day for 12 days and then you you grind through and get yourself a tier six ship for oh, free. Oh, that's it. Yes, and uh, you have that now. I mean, the 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 uh, reason I, I stream Star Trek Online is because you can you can get cool stuff without spending a dime. Uh, I, I played one through sixty, which is uh, uh, level cap is sixty. I, I I played that without spending a dime, and I, I did it all through the storyline, and uh, I did it with the the ability to get tier six ships for free. And it, it, it helped my playability very much. You don't need it. I mean, you know, at the end of my my uh, level 60 run, I bought a, a tier 6 ship because, you know, I played this thing for free, didn't spend a dime, and I had fun. So I'm going to give you money that I would have paid to play this game. Okay, great. Good job. 
you did it. Yay. And I bought a ship. But now you can you can get a ship for free. You have to log in every day, play a five-minute mission. Well, technically 10-minute mission. Play a 10-minute mission every day for 12 days and boom, free ship. Normally would cost between twenty and thirty dollars in real money. You got that for free. And the mission's fun to run anyway. Well, this this particular mission is uh, a a little grindy. I will admit. I will admit. But better to spend ten minutes a day for twelve days running running this this uh, this this grindy mission than to, you know, fork out real money. That's true. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's without saying so uh yeah i mean uh the this this particular ship is more science based yeah science yeah yeah Gar- garthon loves the science magic uh it, it, it is more science based uh, a, a support role if you will but uh um it is it is a, a fantastic design that was that was uh um voted on by the players i mean truthfully every every one that i voted on didn't didn't make the next round of votes, but I guess that's just. I me. liked the flying saucer shape. The wedge yeah, shape is cool, though. I know, right? I mean, the flying saucer shape was pretty cool, but I know. this. Yeah, but 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 this uh, uh, triangle wedge type thing is. Eh, it's, it's pretty okay. cool too. I, I like the yeah, flying saucer right. better. Yeah, true, true. But I mean, uh, the 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 people voted. This is what the Lu- the Lucari ship looks like, and this is this is its stats. This is everything, and and it's a good ship if you if you like that play style. That's great. Yes. Yeah. All right, cool. So I definitely checked that out. Star Trek Online is a fun game. It has a lot has had some major improvements over its its lifetime and it's a very fun game to play. All right, I think that's good for tonight. Everyone, what do you gentlemen think? No, we're good. Yeah. Yeah, good episode. All right, if you have any construction comments or suggestions, you could check us out. Let us know on the internet. Like I said at our homepage at legionmith.com or .tv on our Facebook at slash Legion of Myth, at YouTube slash C slash Legion of Myth underscore page, at Twitter, Legion of Myth, at Legion of Myth, Twitch TV slash Legion of Myth. Uh, we can check out our podcast on many places, iTunes, Player FM, Stitcher, TuneIn, or the LOM cast at legionmyth.tv slash feed slash podcast. Links are up on the screen and probably in the doobly-doo underneath the image you are looking at now if you're doing so. Uh, you can support Legion of Myth by getting our special LOM gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth or directly if you are so inclined, at patreon.com. Another thanks to Hicks206 for supporting us that way. Thank you, thank you. Uh, if you anything else you'd like to know, just let us know. Any final closing comments, Algarian? I was just saying, I'm wearing the llama underwear right now. It's actually very comfortable. Be sure to buy it on the gift store. Yeah, good stuff. How about you, Ethan Dog? <laughs> well, I, I still have the original shirt from several years ago and uh it's been it's been in my rotation for quite a while and it was good stuff i love it all right cool thank you very much thank you our viewers and fans you are part of what makes the legion of myth just so special that and a complete lack of caring what anyone else thinks about life because that's what's important folks not what else thinks but what you think you have one life live it well live it nerdy have a great diurnal anomaly